Hello. Hello. My name is Bo Casaza. I'm with my mentor, Carly Nathan. Hi. And this is going to be our final episode, the season finale <laughs> of the Moreland in Task Standard Lesson Reviews. Today, we're going to specifically be looking at standards one through eight, a bit of a summative assessment, as it were. We're going to run through the questions of each standard one by one, uh, so this might be pretty lengthy. Feel free to skip ahead if you're looking for a specific standard. All right. The lesson we're going to talk about is a math lesson in particular where we covered adding fractions. So let's talk about learner development standard one. Our question here, does the candidate use knowledge about learners' growth and development to design and implement developmentally appropriate instruction that is challenging and achievable to meet the cognitive, linguistic, social, emotional, and physical needs of learners? Um, I would say that in this lesson in particular, uh, the idea is kind of, I interpret this as making sure that examples are scaffolded off of commonly uh, well fractions that we've already covered so mm -hmm. students are seeing numbers that they're used to working with working with fractions like eighths and fourths and sixths in particular and being able to utilize some of the tools that they have including like fraction strips to kind of help them think about adding fractions adding in that next skill um, I would say that the environment overall was um, kind of our standard environment. I think every student feels pretty comfortable at this point in the year and is uh, definitely in a comfort zone where they can ask us questions um, in any format and uh, kind of access material as best they can. Um, I, do you have something to add to this one in particular? No, I thought it went really well. I appreciated the numbers that you picked and like, you know, using ones that they're familiar with, but also um, correspond with our fraction strips so that if they were a little confused, you could have like pulled those materials down um, to get to like use those as tools. Um, and I think that they had a solid background um, understanding of adding fractions with like denominators. So you kept the lesson going. Yeah. Uh, okay. Awesome. So our next guiding question for number one, does the candidate use instructional strategies that meet students' cognitive, linguistic, social, emotional, and physical needs? Um, so I think like the main are some of the instructional strategies here. We have a slide deck mm -hmm. um, looking at not only our goal for the day, but also kind of outlining our schedule. Um, and then we had um, some warm-up problems to go mm -hmm. along with our mini lesson. Not only were the problems on the board, but read them out loud yeah. um, so students maybe if they were having trouble focusing on the board at least they were hearing the problems and hearing um, kind of the teaching points and some of the discussion um, in terms of like independent work we I, I think we had some IXL for we some did, fast yeah. finishers so once again students who had worked through some of the through the worksheet and the independent work could go onto their iPad and kind of work independently and strengthen those adding skills using um, the IXL programs and they were able to do like a fifth grade level for like further differentiation. Right. So working up a grade um, and being able to move in. I think, what did we have? It was K-5 or K-4 for that yeah. particular lesson in uh, in fifth grade. Yeah. Right, so a couple different tech tools and then some low tech strategies as well. Yeah. Um, meeting students' physical needs. I mean, we let students work 
around the classroom. Outside they, in the hallway at a standing desk. Yeah, they're aware that that's uh, all options. an option and that's open to them. Um, awesome. Thinking about learning differences now shifting into standard two. That first guiding question for standard two, does the candidate create a positive classroom environment by making learners feel valued and creating a climate of mutual respect? Um, I think in general, I try to have a even tone uh, with the boys, and I think it comes through in this lesson. Um, I try to utilize positive reinforcement. I think um, a growth area for me in particular with this uh, this question is maybe the flip side of like knowing when to uh, strengthen my tone a little bit and knowing when to uh, to rein in a little bit of the control mm -hmm. and kind of uh, I don't want to say like put the hammer down, but maybe become a little bit more serious and hold them to that serious moment, I think is the flip side here. Well, you forgot my let's see. Okay, grab it real quick. This will be some added footage for you fan favorites here, this live recording. We have a special guest. A special guest star for this particular recording. Oh, oh, I know where I put it, let's see. Oh, I'm dying. All right, a little added flavor bonus yeah. for the season finale. Special guest. A special guest. All right. Um, next guiding question. Does the candidate use knowledge about individual differences in diverse cultures to develop inclusive learning environments and make appropriate and timely accommodations to support students in meeting high standards, including students with learning differences and or language barriers? So I think in uh, this lesson, what we see is that um, I think students had the opportunity to use pattern blocks I yeah. think, in this lesson as well. So um, in their frac or their fraction trips. In their fraction trips, so I'm thinking about two tools in particular that we uh, used in this lesson to kind of help meet students where they were, um, and to kind of break down the abstract understanding of fractions and maybe if they need to pull it into the concrete mm -hmm. or walk or step back into that uh, that realm giving them the tools necessary to do that um, before working specifically in the abstract form. So I think that kind of speaks to some of the different support levels that we offer. Um, and I think everyone was able to meet the standard of being able to add, or the outcome of being able to add fractions with like denominators mm -hmm. by the end of the lesson. Um, we hadn't covered um, adding with um, non-similar or dissimilar uh, mm -hmm. denominators, denominators um, yeah. even though I think it, it might have come it up did, during the lesson, did. the mini yeah. lesson, yeah. Which I think you handled really well, where you said, like, you, you in, rather than teaching them, like, the strategy to find the LCD, right, the lowest common denominator, yeah. you brought it back to let's use our equivalency and our knowledge, something that we've already talked about and, like, really focused on a couple for a couple of lessons. You brought it back there and then showed and answered that student's inquiry while also staying focused on the objective of the lesson, which I thought was really great. And then you gave that kid a shout out when we did actually teach them. Yeah. And he was excited. Um, 
we uh we taught that lesson like two, two days, days after yeah um and it was great honestly because students had already seen mm-hmm. what they were learning in a previous lesson and so they actually had they ended up having yeah. two strategies if they mm-hmm. could if yeah. the problem worked um so we see kind of a couple different ways where we're reaching students who are looking to uh who are looking to move a little bit faster and we're reaching students who mm-hmm. uh need a simplified or a more concrete version of of the objective and of the material nice uh we're going to move into standard three learning environments so the first question standard three does the candidate collaborate with students families to create environments that support individual and collaborative learning positive social interaction active engagement learning and self-motivation i think we're like in constant communication with families and parents um, about whether students are receiving support outside of school, what support we can offer them in school across all subjects. Um, And so that's an ongoing conversation. um, And what that leads to is we know in advance, right? We usually know if someone um, has been talking about fractions at home or if they have previewed it with an outside support, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a tutor. And so they're coming in with some background knowledge. Um, and that's kind of one of the ways that sometimes we prep students. I'm trying to think if anyone in particular in this lesson like came in with some background knowledge, like from a tutor who would, they had told us, we, we were, I'm gonna teach them this ahead of you. Well, I, you know, we send our newsletters to some of the tutors as well. So that's true. Um, I think that the tutors had previously shown it to the students. That's true. Yeah. I also think like the way that the, I mean, this is not necessarily like family, but the fact, the way that the lessons were ordered, they naturally were adding fractions prior to actually being taught how to do it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really good indication of a strong lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And order sequence. Yeah. It becomes tricky if you like mix up or skip a lesson in particular. It becomes difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Second guiding question for standard three, does the candidate establish a learner-centered classroom environment which students collaborate with each other, make choices, take responsibility for their own learning, while the candidate becomes a co-learner who facilitates discussion and activities? I think our classroom in general is uh, a very student-centered place. Um, Students are encouraged to work with each other um, and work in the way that best suits their learning. as we're moving into the latter half of the year, I feel like we're starting to give them a little bit more agency of choosing exactly how, what is going to work best for you and your learning. I think in the beginning of the year, it was kind of a little bit more of like a, I'm going to give you an option yeah, and you can choose between two. And now we're kind of loosening up a little bit. It's you make the choice that's best for you and you take that responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I'm also thinking about how um, the anchor task like provided them an opportunity to see the wrong way to add fractions and they were able to recognize that and they you like use the language that you heard of how they taught at each other that it was the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about a duo in particular who were talking about how like that's a very <laughs> literal interpretation of how to add fractions and like you can't add oh, apples yeah. and oranges and like that's like a very age appropriate way. And like you were able to capture that when you like went into directly explicitly teaching it. Um, And then students also advocated for themselves if they needed to stay on the rug and continue to work. 
um, with you or if they needed to, you know, or if they felt like they could do it by themselves or with a neighbor. Yeah, that's a good point too. Of we, I'd forgotten about that, that we wove in um, that example in particular. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I forgot there was another question here. Uh, third question, final question for standard three. Does the candidate create a learning environment with a strong presence of norms and procedures that are constantly enforced, followed, that lead to engage students, maximum time on task, and logical management of classroom space? Um, I would say that we do have strong norms. We have a couple different systems for classroom management. We've got table points and choice letters, different kind of reward systems. Um, we do set expectations. I think in particular, though, this is probably one of the areas as a as a teacher that I'm working on as well. And I think one of the things is um, I'm really working to keep my lessons to kind of a brief space and to hold students to expectations so that they have kind of as much time as possible to explore and work on the task at hand. Um, and so I think that that's kind of an interesting phase. I think this lesson is a good example of a time when I did it well. Um, and so I think looking, mining techniques from this lesson will be helpful, um, looking towards the future, like what worked here in particular. Um, I think that <clears throat> the fact that students came into the lesson and were pretty familiar with what this might look like ahead of time really helped keep the conversation brief and really allowed us to stick to kind of the meat and potatoes and then they could go off and uh kind of get into the weeds themselves and see what that felt like yeah um overall i think that was it was strong for our uh for our reward systems i think we earned a few of our choice letters in particular mm -hmm. that day um which was great to see oops oh dear and we're back all right. Let's see. We were at standard four. Awesome. Subject or content knowledge? A little hiccup on our end. First guiding question for standard four, does the candidate demonstrate an understanding of the subject area, concepts, and tools, and makes uh, making the content academic language of the content accessible and attainable to all students, utilizing multiple representations as well as appropriate academic language? Um, I think in this lesson in particular, <clears throat> we did a quick review of some of our fraction terminology yes. in the beginning, uh, which kind of helpful to just cement that. I think most students were pretty familiar with the difference numerator and denominator in particular. Um, but we reviewed, especially as denominator was going to be such a key mm -hmm. term in this lesson in particular. Um, and then looking at uh, concepts and tools, right, uh, kind of what we spoke about earlier, looking at giving students the opportunity to use different tools throughout the room, whether it's a classroom set of fraction strips, their personal set, yeah. pattern blocks, um, you know, whether it's uh, maybe accessing the material uh, from a different perspective via IXL or in a different format. Um, I think these all kind of could fall into this content knowledge of helping students kind of look at adding fractions in multiple different ways and kind of meeting them where they are and giving them that content accessibility. Um, I think by the end, students were able to add fractions uh, mm -hmm. with com with like denominators, which um, was fantastic. Um, I think they were able to recognize, as we mentioned earlier as well, uh, when an error occurred and kind of what that might mean or what that might do to a particular uh, number sentence or sequence. Uh, 
Uh, do you want to keep chugging along? Yeah. All right. Next one for standard four. Does a candidate utilize his or her understanding of the content to link students' prior knowledge to the lesson yeah. while recognizing and correcting student misconceptions? I think, yeah, we definitely linked this one to the previous lesson. Yeah. Um, looking at fractions and looking at how fractions can be reduced into simpler forms and looking at the similarities now practicing adding. Um, a lot of students, as we mentioned earlier, were already able to do this and were able to make that logical step quickly within the lesson, which is fantastic and kind of the way these lessons are designed in particular. Um, next one, does the candidate use instructional resources and tech that are comprehensive, accurate, and appropriate for students? I think all the resources we used in this lesson were uh, appropriate from my Excel to the worksheets to pattern blocks. I, I think it all just helps to kind of wrap in the idea of how to do this skill. Yeah, they also used each other as resources. I heard like really good debate as I was walking around. Nice, yes. Which is awesome. Yes. Awesome. Standard five, application of the content. Does the candidate create lessons and projects that address Relevant age-appropriate real-world problems <clears throat> that adequately guide students in analyzing the problems and seeking out solutions while incorporating appropriate technology. Mm. And this lesson is a bit of a tricky one. I think students were working with the uh, the abstract form here, but mm -hmm. in an in an equation specifically um, in this lesson. So I think. Um, maybe like some real world problems um while we didn't have like a word problem yeah. in this lesson we could have like uh, you know something i could have done maybe is walk and address with certain students of like when would you need to when would it matter if you could add up dates like yeah. when would a real world scenario be or having them kind of brainstorm a time individually. I think that could have been a nice extension. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like the way that we intentionally de design lessons a lot of times are like, we teach all the concepts and then we eventually go back or then we like introduce them in the form of word problems, you know? Yeah. So I feel like there's some intentionality in that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the uh, next one here. Guiding question, does the candidate integrate multiple perspectives into inter interdisciplinary lessons to help students respect and understand the different cultures and backgrounds of diverse populations while making more relevant, while making lessons more relevant and meaningful to learners? Um, I think in this lesson, we, I'm not sure if we, we definitely brought the, um, brought the material to a level where it could be uh, accessible from everyone yeah. in the classroom. And I think that's kind of the key. Um, we definitely didn't use any language that no. uh, would have would have maybe been difficult for an ELL student or an English language learner um, in particular. I don't, I don't know if we have, we have a couple students who are bilingual here. We do. In yeah. our classroom, uh, which is awesome. I don't know if we have any students though who are English language yeah. learners. And I think in terms of thinking about populations and diverse cultures, um, this maybe falls into the other category of the other question of given the nature of the lesson and where we were, yeah. um, this wouldn't really have been the spot where we would have done like um, a word problem of bringing in a, another culture in particular. But I think as an extension, um, 
it could have it could have been an extension posed to a couple of uh, students who were ready to take it kind of one step further and use that real world application. Standard six, <clears throat> assessment. Does the candidate use both formative and summative assessments that are aligned to learning objectives to support and verify student learning and use technology to access student understanding of the concept? Uh, I mean, we had a bunch of formative assessments during this lesson. I mean, the worksheets itself, mm -hmm. the discussion questions, the uh, my the favorite homework. note at the beginning, the homework. The homework that we did after that lesson, you know, when they went home. Yeah, and then we have kind of more of a summative exit ticket to round out the lesson, and we'll have a true summative, a check-in here. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Friday the 4th. Yeah. <laughs> Great, so now you know. Yeah. We're recording this on the 3rd. Um, and so I think all of those things work in tandem to provide us with the tangible data that we need in order to meet students where they are and to keep them uh to keep them learning they're learning all about fractions and really um, allows us to tailor our lessons and decide, you know, oh, do we need to revisit, do we not? Yeah. We also got assessment data as we like walked around the classroom and like checked in with kids or like sure. the ones who were on the carpet conferencing with us. Right. I think um, in terms of like different types of assessment, we see a lot of like teacher to teacher or mm -hmm. teacher to peer. Uh, um, I would say peer to peer too, though, because they were too. they were working together and like checking in and being like, "Hey, you know, yeah. actually, I disagree with you." Okay, yeah, gotcha. That works. So peer to peer, teacher to student assessment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really have a broader understanding of broadcast. So uh, broadcast is like I think we do broadcast more. Uh, I think I modeled broadcasting. We, you, you and I did broadcasting today when we were comparing fractions and we were walking around the room saying like, oh, I'm noticing that so-and-so drew a bar model for themselves today. Like oh. that seems like a really great strategy. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that somebody uh, simplified the fraction or made them equivalent, or I noticed that somebody took out their fraction shifts. Like that's all broadcasting feedback. Okay. So I think you do it kind of naturally and you don't even realize it. I think, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you may feel like you're like narrating the class and what's happening, but it's um, broadcast. Broadcast feedback. Yeah. I think, yeah. So in that re respect, I'm 100% positive that there's broadcast You do a lot of broadcasting there. feedback. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like I, I mean, we do it a lot in math, but I feel like, I mean, this is kind of like a sidebar, but I feel like it works like. Uh, really well in writing because you can yeah. be like read a student's work. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, next question: Does the candidate use data attained from assessment to monitor learner progress and guide planning to better meet the needs of learner? Yes, uh, we kind of already covered a lot of this, right? Some of the summative, uh, some of the formative assessments that we have, really all of it, from homework to in class, uh, to in class work, and to discussion questions. It's all data that we use to kind of. I mean, the plane's already built and we're flying it, but yeah. we're certainly like making adjustments and rearranging cargo if needed. Yeah, and we give a lot of feedback too on homework and on, you know, exit tickets and check in with individual students or small groups as needed. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. Next question, still on standard six. Does the candidate make proper accommodations and modification of testing conditions for students with special needs and their English language learners? I think, yes, in this particular, 
lesson. Um, I'd want to come back to the check-in that we're going to have tomorrow. Yeah. Looking at, uh, you and I have discussed like a couple, a group of students who would benefit from a highlighted assessment with key information highlighted, um, as well as students who looking at particular problems would benefit from using uh, some pattern blocks, having mm -hmm. that tangible, uh, wow. that tangible piece to go with them. And that's really, um, that's really data that we obtained like throughout these lessons, I would say uh, in this particular unit. And based on their learning profile. Well, that's true too, yeah. Based on their learning profile, um, that's a really important point to bring in yeah. as well. Nice. So we see that, and that's gonna come in uh, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Standard seven, planning for instruction. We are running the gauntlet, we're almost done, <laughs> folks. All right. Does the candidate utilize evidence-based instruction strategies and tech to plan effective instruction that supports each student in meeting rigorous learning goals? Um, I think, yeah, as as we've talked about already, I think, you know, standard six and seven are so linked here that, you know, we're using all of that evidence and that data from our assessments to kind of plan the instructions and to revamp uh, activities or to make adjustments yeah. as needed. Um, you know, in this particular lesson, one of the adjustments we made was um, giving students the tangible pattern blocks mm -hmm. to work with as opposed to having them use an app on their iPad. While the app on their iPad is awesome and definitely gives them the opportunity to um, to get a bit, of, a bit of tech experience in, some students benefit from having tangible blocks in front yeah. of them when building in particular. Um, and one of the activities, an extension was doing that. Um, next question, does a candidate utilize assessment data and knowledge of student interest to plan appropriate sequencing of learning experience, starting with simple examples and progressing to more difficult examples and include instruction of new concepts? I think uh, we do this, especially like I think in this lesson in particular, we had, um, well, I mean, we ended the mini lesson with the, with adding fractions with dissimilar denominators. Yeah. So, I mean, they're kind of, there it is, right? There's the kind of the end goal of like adding fractions uh, with non-similar denominators. And we were able to get there um, and take it to that place. Um, students were able to kind of see one strategy for that. Um, in the beginning, we definitely started with um, some easier, some easier fractions working with fourths and halves and then kind of moving into some of the smaller fractions that we yeah. have worked with, kind of these, those 16ths, those 12ths, those 6th numbers that are maybe a little bit more challenging, but still within that wheelhouse of kind of friendly fractions. Yeah. Last one. We're here. Standard eight. We have arrived. Uh, first question, does the candidate monitor student learning, apply appropriate instructional strategies, and adjust instruction based on assessment data to support student learning? Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna say that we do continuously do that. I think in this lesson, right, we're looking at the previous day's work, seeing who has that solid understanding of equivalency yeah. and then moving forward, thinking, oh, okay, if I'm gonna add, then equivalency is gonna be kind of a, a logical like stepping stone that I'm gonna need and looking at that and noticing, right, who might need that extra support and then giving them the option to work on the rug kind of one-on-one. -on -one. And I was really happy to see students kind of self-identifying and saying like, yep, that's that's me. Yeah. Well, I, I would benefit from that. Nice. 
Uh, next question, last question, in fact, that was our penultimate. This is our ultimate question. Does the candidate regularly and effectively ask questions to stimulate the discussion that serves different purposes with the goal of helping students develop higher order thinking skills? I think, um, yes, once again, um, some of the questions in particular for this kind of lesson, I think were, you know, what what was going on here? What what was the what's wrong about this particular equation? Um, we looked at what happens when you add fractions, when you add numerators and denominators, um, and we kind of analyzed that. Um, right, and then there were other questions. Um, well, I think even when you were guiding the students through. Uh, the question about adding fractions with unlike denominators, like you kind of gave them the hint to like put it in equivalence, equivalent fractions, but then you let them drive and like tell you which ones they should use. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a key component of like yeah. helping them look through it. Nice. Thank you. All right. That's going to wrap it up. That brings us to the end of standard eight. We have gone through standards one through eight. Woo, it's it is a good now ride. 29 minutes. Adios. Bye. See you next time.